We have way too much free content over here at The Griot. Stream a world with free entertainment, lifestyle, and news content. Celebrating black excellence 24-7. Download The Griot now. It's free. Hello and welcome to Acting Up, the podcast that dives deep into the world of TV and film that highlights our people, our culture, and our stories. I'm your host, Courtney Wills, Entertainment Director at The Griot, and this week we're sitting down with ABFF founders Jeff and Nicole Friday. Jeff and Nicole Friday are one of my favorite couples, and they are the masterminds behind ABFF, the American Black Film Festival. They're the ones putting together all of the magic that goes down every year in Miami that will be back in person after a two-year hiatus due to COVID forced them to go virtual. We're all so glad to be headed back to the beach this year for ABFF. But Jeff and Nicole are still hanging on to some of the benefits of being virtual, including expanding access to this incredible festival to so many people who can't join in person. ABFF is one of the events I look forward to most every year. It is such a fun time, such a great time for Platt creatives um, from all parts of the industry to get together and share their work learn from each other, support each other. It's just a really good time. And everybody's guard is always just down. It's not one of like the most flashy, you know, on the front page, hugest premieres of the year kind of festival, but it is a place that truly fosters new talent. I mean, folks like Issa Rae, Ryan Coogler, so many others have come up through this festival um, and benefited greatly from its offerings. And I can't wait to hear what's in store this year. So thank you so much for joining me today on Acting Up. It is such an honor to have Jeff and Nicole Friday, founders of ABFF, the American Black Film Festival. It's the 26th anniversary this year and returning to an in-person event after brief hiatus over COVID. So thanks so much for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Thank you for your support over the years. And this is actually our 26th year. 26th. Yeah, we had our 24th and 25th years virtually. So we, we didn't stop it. We just went to the virtual universe and now we're back live for the new live and virtual hybrid. So we're really excited about this year. What is it like to come back after having to go virtual and what went into planning this year's event different from other years? Yeah, it was, it's great to be back for the obvious reasons, you know, but as you well know, ABFF is a, is a community festival, you know, unlike some of the other big festivals around the world that are kind of centered on what movie is playing and, you know, what premieres it is. Our, our festival is centered around breaking people, not really breaking content so kind of hard to have a festival centered at ground or rooted in community without community right so yeah. we created a virtual community which was great because we realized that our community globally was bigger than our lives so our virtual like with our virtual events a couple of years ago last year the year before we had 65 74 thousand people from around the world attended virtually in our live event, we have seven, 10,000 people. So the good news is we always try to make good news out of bad. The good news is we really did get a better sense of what the global impact of the ABFF community and our brand is. So we're coming back this year live, you know, with all the benefits of being in the same proximity in Miami Beach, but also we're gonna do our festival as a hybrid between live and virtual. So we'll benefit from the global 
um, reach that we have through our through our streaming streaming platform, ABFit Play. So I can speak for everybody. Like we're really happy to be back together. I'm excited to go. ABFF, I think, was the first film festival I ever really participated in. And you're right, it is such a community. There's so many people that, like, that's when I see them. Um, every year, you know, the energy in Miami is always fantastic. And there's just something about being in a film festival that is all about highlighting Black talent, Black creators, and not not only the famous ones, not only the ones whose names are in lights, but the up-and-comers, the ones who want to learn, the ones who want to be immersed um, in this industry. Can you guys kind of take me back to when you founded this festival? What was the why then, and how has that kind of mission evolved up until now? So 1997 is the win. Um, I took my first trip to Sundance in January of 1997, and I saw Love Jones and met Mia and Lorenz, and I noticed Sundance was really amazing, but it was primarily white men there. And I just asked myself, you know, like, where's the where are the people that that go to the movies you know like movies are crazy diverse and black and brown people probably over index movies more than the general population right so if this festival is really going to represent the people we're the people who look like the audiences and and so i just kind of viewed it as kind of like this private club for people who knew about sundance and you know i, I you know i am i just if I see something I think needs to be changed, I change it versus write nasty letters to the people who don't. I just think you you get further just being proactive. And I don't blame people for being comfortable in their own little bubble, right? I guess if I was invited to the bubble, I'd be comfortable too, you know, but being a black man, ain't too many comfortable bubbles for black people that I've experienced. So, right. you know, we just say, hey, let's create our own. And, and, I, and we patterned. ABFF after Sundance, which is the most interesting thing. I, you know, I, I know I always joke about this, but I, I know black people don't usually like the cold weather. So we didn't want to go to Park City or anywhere. We went to Acapulco the first year, you know, and it just was great. It, it was great. And, the, and Nicole and I met a year later, the second year, and we've been doing this together for the whole time now. And it's grown leaps and bounds. And it really is kind of at the heart of it, it's just like, wanting diversity and wanting to bring about change and wanting to put smiles on black people's faces and wanted us to feel empowered and not off to the side and not margin. It's all of those things that run through most of us every day. I just had, I was fortunate enough to have the resources to do something about the frustration that I felt in this industry. Nicole, you came in one year after, you know, after the inaugural festival. Tell me how you've seen it evolve and what are you the most proud of about that evolution? Yeah, well, you know, the obvious, of course, is, is the growth and expansion of it. We were this little festival that could <laughs> back in Acapulco for five years. And then once we moved to Miami, um, the I would say that uh the opportunities for um, partnerships with companies um, became much larger. Um, but I, I always, I still say that it took us, you know, this is our 26th year, and I'd say it took us probably maybe maybe 24 years to for people really to know, who, you know, who and what ABFF was all about. Um, but it's it's been a great, it's been a great ride. I mean, 
people do know who we are now. You know, there's yeah. a number of, you know, trade and, and press, of course, and know, you know, know what ABFF is all about. And Jeff mentioned earlier that we're not, we're not really a festival where, um, acquisitions may happen, but we are a community festival. We are a people festival. There's a number of people that have come through the festival that are some of today's hottest artists um, and most successful creators. And so I'd say that is probably something that makes me most proud. You know, before we go to Miami, what we do with the filmmakers, and I said this to Jeff literally just yesterday, I said, you know, we meet the filmmakers before we go to ABFF. And in this world of Zoom, we have the opportunity to talk to them and see their face and see their reaction to being a part of the official selections, of the selection of the festival. And it's so great to talk to them because I see the joy and the excitement and the admiration that they have for one another, but also what they've heard about ABFF. And many of them say, you know, ABFF is my favorite festival, or I've always wanted to go to ABFF, or ABFF is like a homecoming because I've been there a number of times. And I would say that that's probably something that I'm really proud of in terms of the festival. There are other things about the brand that I'm proud of, but in terms of the festival, it's seeing the excitement of these filmmakers and the opportunities that they see before them just being at ABFF. Yes, absolutely. You know, and you can, you can feel that excitement when you are there. I've been several times and it just feels very intimate. You know, it's people that you know, people that you don't, but it's a place where I think everyone's guard is kind of down. We all know why we're there. And, you know, there's not a lot of like one-upmanship. It's just some real genuine support. And I think that that's a really hard thing to cultivate, um, you know, and to endure. And it's one of the things that I most look forward to every year. Of course, there's always amazing selections, really cool things to see. The comedy competitions are fun. You know, the parties are awesome. But I do think it's interesting that you said, you know, out of 26 years, kind of took 24 years for people to really start, I think, getting it. And I think it's like the outside, but that can be said about Black Hollywood in general. It's like Black Panther came out and all of a sudden they figured out, oh my gosh, we should be marketing to Black people. We should care what they think and what they want to watch and that they want to be represented. What has it been like for you to see that change in the Hollywood landscape? Because it's been wild for me to watch. I know that. <laughs> um, Jeff, you want to take that? Yeah, I'll just say a couple of things happened that really changed the fate. Probably not 24 years, but in cold 20, right? So Black Panther happened in 2017, I think. Mm -hmm. And you already know Ryan's roots with us, right? Yep. And so it's ironic that a filmmaker who had his first short at our festival, his success fueled by people because he could have made that same movie if Black folks didn't come out and dress up and go Wakanda with him. It wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about it, right? Right. So a Black man's success fueled by Black people really did fuel our future. Because when that happened, that was 2017. That might have, was that was seven years, I don't know, five years ago. So it took us 20 years to become an overnight sensation. <laughs> so Black, Black Panther happened, and right before Black Panther, there was Oscar So White. And that's when the industry turn the mirror up at themselves and go, yeah, we are like keeping the rest of the world. Like, we, are, we are a private party, right? Yeah. And so those two things happening in like a two-year period really is why the festival is where it is, but also your point, Courtney, why the, it, we're not the only beneficiaries of, the, of this awakening or whatever you want to call it, reckoning is what you, you know, like the, everybody working is. Everyone we call now, hey man, uh, 
We are. You mean, I'm in Toronto. You know, everyone's working. Every single person is working now. You have, you have more black directors doing TV. You know, but we've never seen. I've been doing this for 26 years. Never seen this before. So those were the the, the moments, right? Where where the, where the industry changed, and 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 we're just proud that we kind of got it before everybody else. Like we, I, you know, we knew this was already not was not good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and we also didn't wait for validation from outside. Like one of the things that we as a family, and my sons probably will tell you they're tired of hearing this, but like we're self validated. You did not have to tell me what I'm doing is right. I don't care if nobody damn comes after the first year. I realized that we were doing good. And if 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 the and we had black media with us, we had black people, we had black talent. And if the general market didn't care, then I I didn't, we didn't care that they didn't care. Honestly, we just we just got a chip on our shoulder kind of about that. We're not living to the beat of the drum of, of what the mainstream says. We're just never gonna do that. And what you said about culture is I'm most proud of because when you go, you said something. You said, you know, people are nice to you, right? Like my mother would always say, important people don't have to behave important. If you're important, then, then the universe knows and God knows and you're important. You don't have to act important. And too many times people feel like they have to act. And, then, and when I see somebody acting important, you know what I say? They, they ain't important at all <laughs> because you got to act it. So we've always tried to be the kind of company and family and people, just, we're just who we are. And we want everybody to come. And, and what you said, the most important thing you said for me is, you don't feel that air of whatever you, you know, I don't know how you describe it. Yeah, it's like competition, like one-upmanship, like, you know, everyone's there to support each other, I think. Yeah, and if you're not there for that, we want, we honestly would like you to just stay home. Yeah. That's how, that's how I feel about it. Because for me, that's the magic of ABFF, that you feel comfortable. Yeah. And you feel welcomed and you feel supported. Yeah. And yeah, we're not the biggest festival in the world and we don't get the headlines all the time, but I, I think we're pretty special in that way. Absolutely. For, for us. But people want to come to ABFF because it is like it's a family reunion. And at family reunions, you can, you know, you can let your hair down. And you can just be who you are. And I think that's what ABFF really is all about, which is which is why people want to come. Yeah. Well, how do you keep that same energy, though? Right. Like we've you know, I, I say we like I'm part of this, but I feel like part of it. You, know? you, you are. are. You are. <laughs> it's like we've been here. We've been doing this. Now all y'all want to come and y'all want to get in on it. And so how do you kind of keep that same energy when when that bubble bursts? And I do. I see different media sponsors than I saw 10 years ago. You know, I'm, I would imagine that just because of the transition of Hollywood, there's a lot more titles and talent to choose from when you're programming this thing. You know, it's probably a larger pool of creators and companies that want to participate, want to be represented. How does that change? And how do you allow for those changes and keep the culture that you set out with? I think we're very particular, I should say, about who we partner with. And we're very clear about our mission and our values of the brand before we get in bed with you, you know. And and that's really it. Like, and we don't let anyone really throw us off the course. This festival is about supporting black creatives and making empowering black, not just creatives, because we have we've done executive things too, right? And we just don't we we don't let anything or any or any or any organizations really throw us off the course. And the fact that more people are are interested in what we do now, it's a it's a it's a blessing. Like that's a good thing. Right. Right. We turned down a lot of like we've turned down a lot of stuff this year just because it didn't really fit. 
And it's like, I'll give an example. Like not a, I don't want to pick on a brand, but a brand that was targeted to like 18-year-old video game players, right? That's not a good partner for us, you know, because that's really not what our core audience is. So there have been many times over the 25 years where we said, we appreciate your interest, but we don't think we could, you know, deliver the audience, you, you know, and, and or, or be in conflict with what we're about with our core values. We do it all the time. So it's, it has gotten a lot easier just in terms of attracting corporate partners. Uh, but I think we deserve it to be a little easier after being so hard. Yes. Yes. You know? I would just also say that, you know, it has to make sense. You know, any brand that is that aligns with us, our values, it just has to make sense. And I think also it's important that the brands that do partner with us understand that it's it's a it's a playground for all of us. So we have to play fair. And any company that comes in who wants to market their content or or their content towards black audiences know that, you know, it's not just one brand that we have or can have. It has to be all the brands. And if you're a, if you're a brand who markets to black audiences, then you need to be a part of this festival. Right. Because we are the festival that outputs people like Ryan Coogler and people like Issa Rae's and Saladin Patterson's and, and all the consumers come because they want to be a part of that as well. And so if you're a brand, I think that you need to be a part of it, but you do have to play fair. Yes. Talk to me about Issa being the ambassador. Why was she the right one at this time? You know, we actually honored Issa Ray. Well, I'll, I'll take it back a little further. Issa, Issa, and Issa says this, you know, we're the first festival that really showcased her material. And because of that, it just seemed, it seemed right. And we honored Issa at ABFF Honors, um, I don't know, about five years ago, Jeff, maybe? It was in 2017, five, five years, five years ago. As a rising star. So this was like at the onset of Insecure. Yeah. And... Issa has always been very supportive of, of us, of the festival, before she was, when she was rising and mm-hmm. when she became risen, I guess. <laughs> it just made, it made, it made sense. Warner Brothers Discovery is our founding sponsor, HBO is our founding sponsor, and they've been along for the ride for a long time. And, and I think that with Issa being a part of their fabric and part of our fabric, it just made sense for her to be the ambassador um, for this festival this year. What are you most excited about this year when it comes to programming? I see some titles I've seen on the festival circuit. I see some new stuff. Talk to me about what it was like, A, to program post-pandemic back to, you know, live festival. I know that, well, you know, when I was talking to Sundance programmers, it was like, okay, we got a thousand submissions about being at home stuck in the pandemic, you know, and coping with that. And I think our community by and large has just been affected by so many issues in such a huge way in such a small amount of time. So how did you go about curating this year's program and what are you the most excited for us to see? This year's programming was a bit more emotional than it's been in the past. We didn't we didn't get as many cooped up in the house type films as we got last year. A lot of emotional stuff. And you can tell that people were impacted by, they had a lot of time to think and, you know, so that's the tone, good stuff, but just a lot of emotional stuff. Most excited, I can't really highlight any one film because they're in competition. So I do have my favorite, but I can't, you know, my personal favorite. Most excited about the, the really the spotlight screens. I mean, we're opening with with uh, the Netflix film uh, Civil, the Ben Crump, 
documentary and Ben's a, a friend and someone we admire a whole lot. And we have nine other spotlight screenings from the network that we're close. We're kind of wrapping with the, the rap shit premiere episode from Issa Rae. So it's just a wide range of screenings from this. That's the part for me personally, just the, the from, so you op, you're opening with a, a civil rights doc from Netflix. You're kind of closing with Issa's premiere that episode. And in between you have a Jackie Robinson documentary from the history channel and Spring Hill, LeBron's company. And it's just so many, you've got bounce TV. And we also have a lot of TV content. In fact, we, I think from the studios, we have more TV content this year than we have actual films. We have a great documentary series, the first episode of a series from Andy called uh, The Right to Offend. I don't know if you've seen that yet or not, you know, and it's about Black comedy and the right to, to offend people in your comedy and what's more timely after what happened to, to Chris and Will and Dave Chappelle more recently than yeah. comedians' right to offend. I told them they got really lucky because they acquired that that series before all those things happened. So I can't wait for that one. But just a wide range of TV content. That's, for me, that's the new, what's new this year, the breadth of stuff from, from the networks and the, and the streamers. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. How about you, Nicole? What are you looking forward to? What do you think we're going to respond to? Yeah, it's so funny when Jeff was saying that. I was like, you know, I didn't think about that. I think it might be the range of spotlight screenings that we have uh, programmed this year. Uh, I mean, I'm always excited about the the programming in itself and certainly civil. We had an opportunity to, to screen civil beforehand and Ben is a friend and obviously he's done magnificent work over the years. So that's something that I'm excited about. You know, I think that the fact that we have these partners and returning partners and new partners, it's always nice to have new partners. Um, and it's especially nice to have returning partners. Um, so I would say that, um, you know, I'm just excited about the whole program. And the fact that I'll just say this, the fact that we were able to turn this around very quickly, you know, we had ABFF in November virtually, but it was a production because we recorded a number of things in person and then they were all end up, then they were all on our platform on ABFF Play. But the fact that we were able to turn this around in six months, I, I have to say that I have to pat my team on the back because it was no easy task. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. Very impressive for sure. I know that I'm looking forward. I've seen it 20 times, but I'm looking forward for, to more people seeing Aftershock um, from Tanya Lewis Lee and Paula Eisel. I think that is such a profound, hugely important documentary. Um, of course, it premiered before you know, we got that glimpse into what the Supreme Court is cooking up, um, you know, and started to rethink our reproductive rights. But I'm so glad that you guys are highlighting that project in particular because more people really need to see that. That's an honest collective, right, Nicole? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I mean, that's what I'm, you have the, you have that and then you have After Jackie and then Civil and I mean, and then the Right to Offend. It's so many incredible screenings, spotlight screenings. I'm, I'm really excited for that. How do you guys feel about this bumping up against Tribeca? I mean, they moved, right? Like they got, they moved to Arma. And at least for me, I know I cannot be the only one that had a judgment call to make in all honesty, because doing both in the same month is kind of nuts and impossible. And, you know, did that affect any of the programming or how you went about anything? Do you care? <laughs> you, you are recording. You already know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I, I think they, they need to go back to April, honestly. We, we'd like them to go back to April. We have been in June 
with the exception of obviously the two years because of the pandemic for 24 years. Yeah. And so we would like for them to go back (laughs) to April. Yeah. And I mean, not only are they, you know, a week before they start a week before us, but they also cross over our time. Right. And so, um, yeah, we would like them to go back. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, a little bit, I guess, the pandemic move, you know, made people move around and all of that stuff. And I just remember being hot as hell in New York last year when I went to Tribeca in June or July, you know. And so I don't know if they thought that like ABFF would move or maybe it didn't dawn on them, but it is a bit of a pickle, you know. And I don't think it has to be in competition. I think Tribeca is a very different festival, as is Sundance, as is Martha's Vineyard, you know, but. I just hope that people realize that there is room for both, especially the people at home who can now participate virtually. You know, they have different things to offer and ABFF is just such a unique experience. And I'm so glad even more people get to be a part of now. Yeah, I would say if you have, if you have, and you know, I don't think that it's a do one or the other. I mean, mm-hmm. you can, again, it's, it's an equal playing field. You can do both, but I do think that if you have black content that you need to be at ABFF. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing like it. Last thing, tell all of these listeners how they can be a part of ABFF. If they can't make it to Miami, how can they still get involved and get a front row seat? So we'd love for everyone to come to Miami. It's June 15th to the 19th in South Beach. No better place to come and be a part of. Uh, But we also have a virtual component. So the live festival runs from June 15th to the 19th in Miami. And then on June 20th, the very next day, the virtual festival starts from June 20th to June 30th. So you have 10 days of virtual. Uh, The virtual passes will be on sale in about two weeks and they're super affordable. You can stay at home and watch the movies and we'll have select panels. So we're hoping to reach 100,000 people this year combined between the live and the virtual. So we're just hoping everyone, if you can't make it, you'll at least come check out and support the movies. And all the movies that play, all the independent films that play live will also be playing on the virtual platform. Cool. Thank you guys so much. This was so fantastic. I cannot wait to get to Miami and see what is in store for this year and be a part of that family reunion because we missed it. That's for sure. Thanks, Courtney. We can't wait to see you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Acting Up and be sure to download the Grio app to hear more episodes of Acting Up and more original content from the Grio Black Podcast Network.